0: But you know what? I thought you were mysterious like my mother until it turned out the mysterious just made depressed, all right? Hard to reach. I mean, I'm dying here.
1: I don't like going out. You know that I get anxiety when I have to meet people. You know how hard that is. Everything you touch turns to shit! Like King Midas's idiot brother.
0: Jesus. But if you two aren't the biggest pair of fuck-ups I've ever met in my entire life
1: hello everyone and welcome once again to give us a second
0: uh mini so series
1: from the greatest moments in the history of forever this is our 12th edition of give us a second and we are on part two of
0: 2017 a year in review yep and we'll just keep rolling through here i feel like we stumbled through the last one a bit but we'll Lock it in for this one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, before we jump into the six movies that we're going to focus on here in part two, were there any other movies that you wanted to highlight or talk about? Anything? Uh,
0: no, I mean, I would say for... Uh, I guess for stuff that wasn't really, like, great, but I still kind of liked... Well, at least I didn't consider, like, phenomenal, but I still kind of liked... Uh, Baby Driver and Atomic Blonde Kind of in that camp for me Yeah, Just uh, fun movies really I think Baby Driver We were going to
1: talk about in part 1 But it kind of got cut last minute We were pushing it for time Plus we had already had 7 on the docket Uh, Baby Driver I liked a lot I don't really I wish that the female lead Was a little bit more of a character
0: Yeah I will say It's pretty uh, bad
1: when someone like me who's definitely not up in arms about everything that this society is up in arms about all the time about everything notices it and kind of feels
0: weird about it while watching it I'm like
1: man this chick is just not
0: (laughs) well yeah it does (laughs) go back to that whole whatever thing we were talking about a while ago about the pixie bullshit chicks or whatever I mean where she only exists basically to uh, I guess be a goal for the main character to make his life work i don't know yeah i mean it's almost as if she didn't really need to be a part of the story i will say though uh really reminding me or us of shelly from twin peaks which oh yeah which i almost feel like had to be intentional yeah
1: yeah it, it i don't think it's any kind of coincidence or surprise that baby driver made it onto like some favorite Uh, favorites of the year lists for like other big time directors like Christopher Nolan and Paul Thomas Anderson because I think Edgar Wright did something you know that that they that other directors would fire find admirable which is this kind of idea of constructing the film based on these like with these songs kind of all in sync as if to It's almost like a musical. There's so many songs in the soundtrack, and it kind of fits with the scenes and everything, and kind of is all connected together. It's kind of an interesting (laughs) idea. And Um, it's
0: certainly a fun time.
1: Yeah, it's really well executed. I think it's definitely in, like, my top 20.
0: It kind of feels a little silly at times. I mean, uh, Jamie Foxx and John Hamm as, like, some of the villains in it. I don't know. It was a little cheesy, but...
1: Yeah, and obviously now with the Kevin Spacey accusations, oh, there's yeah. some weirdness with that's it. That's
0: not good, right? But I mean, at this point,
1: that's pretty much everything. That's so standard I think, for just you know we didn't even any mention movie now. like the KCF like thing last episode for a ghost story. I mean, it's everything. So well, yeah, it's just I mean, like, you
0: could it could be any actor, any uh, movie executive, any director. Yeah, it's it's just part of the world. Yeah, now. I mean, it, it, if you and I tried to take a stand, like we're not going to talk about any movies or shows that were somehow connected to one of these controversies we wouldn't be able to talk about anything yeah it is it's that far-reaching
1: atomic blonde also <laughs> is another one that for me is just on the fringe of like my top 20 it, i really like it I, lo- not- I love the soundtrack it's fun watching charlie it's Naren intense kick ass yeah uh, the is lesbian Charlie- scene with oh, her yeah. is off the charts. Nude,
0: by the way. Oh, I mean, yeah. is Charlie's Theron like the Tom Brady of hot chicks, just <laughs> keeping it going? And I mean, how old is she now?
1: I would say. I mean, for me, that's like a, a more of like a Jennifer Connelly,
0: Diane Lane. But well, yeah, well, I'm also talking about like how often they're still in movies, though. That's true. Well, yeah. I mean, she's a little bit younger than those two. Yeah. But yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, she's really made a big career. Atomic Blonde is a lot of fun. I thought the plot was like a little much at times, but yeah, overall pretty cool. Um, And we also, I don't want to get into a whole thing because this could be like a whole give us a second is complaining about just loser nerds online. But (laughs) I think both of us were in the camp of supporting The Last Jedi and feeling like it was good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, moving on with our lives after seeing it, unlike right. a lot of these losers that have kind of ruined the whole experience. But honestly, you know, I guess the worldwide box office for the for the picture is, is kind of down when compared to the other Star Wars. And, I mean, I think this was inevitable. I mean, Disney's just oversaturated the yeah. market. I mean, there's too many Star Wars movies. I
0: mean, do you think, like, it's indicative of, like the rewatch numbers going down. Maybe not uh I, I can't imagine there there was a lot of people that said I'm not seeing it once.
1: Yeah, that's definitely possible, yeah. I don't know, but I do think that, you know, there's another one supposedly coming out in a couple of months, like the next side Star Wars movie. Although it's just it's we too have many. no
0: trailer for it or anything at this point.
1: Yeah, I do true? think it's probably gonna get pushed back. Right, but I I think originally they didn't want to release anything because it was it would over you know, they're still promoting The Last Jedi, but now I don't know. I mean it's just too much with Star Wars. They gotta they gotta tone it down a little bit. Right. And the runtime needed to be a little shorter on The Last Jedi. Yeah.
0: Well, the Avengers sort of ruined everything. Now every everyone is just chasing their Avengers where it can just be a movie that can come out every year and make, and they're all building towards the well, next movie. It won't movie be to,
1: long till the Avengers start showing up in the Star Wars. Yeah, movies. that's true. I think yeah. we're, you know, inevitably headed towards that. So let's get on to the six movies at hand. Um, let's start out with the non best picture contenders. We'll start out with a film that you and I saw, I think it was summertime uh ingrid goes west oh yeah a film slept on by almost everybody it got great critical for reviews me th- but nobody seems to have talked about it it hasn't really popped up on anybody's best of the
0: year lists really I, it didn't make my top five but it is right outside my top five for me it was one of the best movies of the year uh much like american honey really unsettling for me afterwards there was something about it that just rang so true there's parts of it that feel a little bit ridiculous yes but like the overall messages and like what's happening it just it's a
1: scathing indictment of our culture if you pay any (laughs)
0: attention to what's going on on instagram it hits close to home it is just
1: it's rough. It's it's got a lot of like cringy moments in it that are like you have to almost like turn away because you're like, oh right. my god. But like,
0: I think also probably a lot of people that would see it, I, it would be offended by it because or it would go
1: right over their heads. Oh,
0: not it wouldn't resonate with them. Yeah, that they're I one think of those. A lot people. of the
1: people that it's probably targeting wouldn't even understand that it it was targeting yeah. them. But because I think a lot of people could view it and see only the Aubrey Plaza character right. as the problem, because Which, she's the main... Good Lord, is she a problem, yeah, She's but. the main character and the main problem, but the Elizabeth Olsen character is just as, like, much of an attack <laughs> on our culture and just how shitty people are. Right. And it's it's great. It's It, 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 it for a while, was in my top five. I think it got pushed out later. I,
0: and, I mean, it... I think, like, afterwards... You kind of were like, it it could have gone darker for me, but I, I was like, I thought it was fucking pretty dark. I but yeah,
1: but it's you, not fucked up. You could take it's, that yeah.
0: quote and have <laughs> me say walking out of
1: almost anything. Yeah. Neon demon <laughs> Antichrist. <laughs> I don't think it went dark enough. Yeah. Um It wasn't it wasn't hitting quite where I needed it to. Another film that I feel like could have gone darker, didn't have to, was still very thought-provoking, was one that I saw twice in theaters, was Personal Shopper, starring Kristen Stewart, made by French director Olivier, Olivier Assay. Something? Yeah. I don't know. Here we go. We're always back to this. Technically, probably a 2016 film, but didn't come out in America until like, around springtime here.
0: Yeah. We saw and, it at the uh, Galleria. Always a
1: the first place experience. I saw it at was that place over uh, what I don't even know like right through the tunnels. Um, where you're headed to Monroeville, but you get off right there.
0: Oh, oh yeah, the one in like uh, kind of by Squirrel Hill or whatever.
1: Yeah, I don't even remember what that's called. That place was a trip. That place
0: I've never been there. It looks like a dump from it, the outside. Yeah. A hundred percent is yeah. It lives okay. up
1: to its dumpiness from the <laughs> outside. It makes um, the Hollywood Theater look like a palace. Yeah, which which I mean, it is, is right. it is because it's huge and it's cool, but like, it's a little rundown. This yeah. is like holy shit. <laughs> like you're basically sitting in folding chairs. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs>
0: they hand you your ticket and, and a, a chair, chair to carry with you.
1: Um, but yeah, Personal Shopper again is one of those films that's definitely not for everyone. I think a lot of people would probably be bored. It's a, a little stuffy, maybe. If you're not, like, getting into the whole kind of existential thought going on, there's a little bit of, like, a Hitchcockian storyline that plays out that's I will say, going intense. into
0: it, I had no idea that, like, ghosts and spirits were a part of it at all.
1: Yeah, well, I yeah, neither did I. I didn't so, really know much about right. it either. Yeah, and it, it kind of goes in a lot of different directions and then kind of leaves you at the end kind of questioning what you just saw, like, what is the ending of
0: this film it's and i'll say this without giving anything away not that people are going to be rushing out to see this but uh for me for the whole year some of the most tense uh moments for me in theater were those scenes where she was like texting and you didn't know who was texting her it was just like a well-executed creepy spin on like current technology
1: yeah, and I mean, I think if this film would have been positioned differently and released later in the year, it's possible that Kristen Stewart could have at least gotten some buzz for a Best Actress uh, nomination. So both her and Robert Pattinson had kind of breakout <laughs> Back on acting the map. performances, yeah. in my opinion. Uh, neither one was nominated, but yeah, I, I loved Personal Shopper. Kind of like Ingrid Goes West, it was like a top five contender for me that later got pushed out by things that came later and finally wind river uh, a film that you have not seen yet there's not really a whole lot to say
0: it's very different now elizabeth olsen also in this right yeah
1: jeremy piven no not jeremy jeremy renner (laughs) (laughs) that'd be great if jeremy piven was in it (laughs)
0: lloyd
1: Jeremy Renner and Elizabeth Olsen. It's it's kind of a straightforward murder investigation kind of on a Native American reservation. It's like covered in snow, it's like freezing cold. It's it's really good. There's not a lot beyond the plot. It's it's much more straightforward than a lot of the other movies we've discussed, but it's just very well done. Well acted. The story kind of unfolds in like an interesting way, and then like when you finally get, they do like a flashback kind of scene that like reveals the whole story, and it's kind of like this really intense, horrifying scene, and it's 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 great. It's it's really good. It's exciting, and
0: yes, certainly. I wish it got more attention. Unfortunately, I I
1: think it was a Weinstein company. Oh, boy. Film, so it kind of has been buried. It yeah. deserved better than it got. But, you know, what can you do?
0: Right. That's going to happen. It kind of
1: is the story of the Native Americans themselves. It's hard
0: <laughs> to feel bad for the Weinstein Company and not for what they've been in the news for recently, but for pulling such egregious acts as pushing the King's speech to win Best Picture. <laughs>
1: So that leaves us with three more to talk about, and they are all nominated for Best Picture and Best Director and are probably three of the biggest candidates. Uh, there's probably one other one, which we will get to in part three, but these three are like three of the big ones, and that are, those are Get Out, Lady Bird, and The Shape of Water, which you have oh, yeah. not seen yet, but... no. We can f- save that one for the end. Let's go get out first. Yeah. Since that came out all the way back almost a
0: year ago at this
1: point. It was, I believe, February.
0: I know. And it's weird because we obviously did an episode of the show on Get Out. Yeah, so We're, we don't
1: need to get too into the weeds with this. And you plus, can go back and listen to that one. Right.
0: We, we addressed this, though, in that episode. But it's still, at times, I'm like, oh, yeah, Get Out came out this year or 2017 because it does just feel that long ago
1: yeah because it basically had come out probably either right around the time of last year's oscars or yeah you know maybe even before them so it, it seems like it's almost a part of another year but no it qualifies for this year's and it got some nominations i don't think it will win any of the major awards yeah.
0: but I'm glad it got nominated for Best Picture. Uh, I like Jordan Peele. I don't think that he really necessarily deserved a Best Director nomination for this. It was more like, for me anyway, I was like, "Oh wow, this was a really good job directing for a first-time director." But I didn't think it was like, you know, did he not
1: direct Keanu?
0: Oh, I don't know. The cat I, one? I, I'm not sure. Maybe he did, yeah. But, yeah, well, the, I the first he, I, foray into
1: horror and... Whatever, yeah. Getting a horror movie nominated for Best Picture is cool, although I would say it was, like, the least surprising of, like... Because, uh, you know, it's like, oh, this is, like, why they expanded to this many and blah, 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 to get other movies. Meanwhile, he was nominated for Best Director, which I always take to mean the ones that are nominated for Best Director are the five, and you the ones think, that yeah. aren't are like the extras, but whatever. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised it got nominated. I, I've been saying it for at least six months that this was going to be nominated for Best Picture, and it was. Um, it won't win, but it's just a. It was a cool movie. And, yeah, it's a good movie, and it, it's it, it. It was kind of an important movie on the heels of Oscars So White a couple years ago, and so now here we are, and. It's one of the major players at the 2018 awards. Um, Lady Bird is another big contender. Um, I don't want to you know, spoil our whole part four for Oscar predictions and, and talking about each category. I think it's one of the top candidates to win Best Picture, despite yeah. the fact that it has not yet won Best Picture at any of the preceding award shows. But we kind of get into this situation every year where people take i don't know why but like people take these award shows so seriously and it be, it gets beyond just fun
0: right well that's and then it what it becomes it's just like become now. it
1: becomes like this thing where you have to tear down everyone that you don't want to win and act like the one you want to win is right. the only good one and so it it kind of puts me into this whole thing of like act you know kind of feeling like i need to trash ladybird because i don't think it should win best picture but I actually like the film a lot, and I oh, I yeah. like Greta Gerwig and oh, yeah. Saoirse Ronan and and everything. Certainly
0: own uh, plenty of movies uh, with both of them featured, not together.
1: And if you know Laurie Metcalf, aka Aunt Jackie. Actually won Best Supporting Actress over Allison Janney from My Tanya. I wouldn't even be that upset about it because I thought Laurie Metcalf was great in the film. I mean,
0: uh, Laurie Metcalf, just really an icon from Roseanne. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, you're not going to get any negative criticism from us on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't understand how people are acting like it's the best film of the year. I don't understand why people are acting like it's this revolutionary thing. It's pretty standard. It's a straightforward movie. There isn't anything insanely thought-provoking about it. It's well-made, well-acted, well-written. It's funny. Funny, heartwarming. Yeah, it's a it's a great story. It's it's a, you know, based off of Greta Gerwig's life basically.
0: Has a fun indie feel to it.
1: Yeah, it's it seems like a well made indie, or as you'd called it, a well made Netflix movie. Yeah, I
0: mean, there's, but I don't say that overly negatively. I watch right. all those movies. I don't really
1: understand why Greta Gerwig is nominated for best director. I, I don't think there's anything insanely revolutionary about the way she directed this film. I think almost anyone with a camera would have come up with something pretty similar looking. Right.
0: Well, I, when you're talking about best director, and then, again, this is where like the Jordan Beale thing, I. Way in too because it's just like how is there's what? a lot
1: more interesting shots in get out than there are in this
0: well absolutely but i'm just saying uh both to me miles apart from like what a paul thomas anderson does right
1: i i think we can agree right. on that and so yeah i mean what can we
0: say um but overall loved ladybird still <laughs>
1: Actually, you know what? We're going to do. We're gonna talk about seven movies in this episode and not six, because there's another okay. one that kind of got left out that would be insane to pass over. So before we get to The Shape of Water, let's talk about Dunkirk, which came oh, out yeah. in the summer.
0: I actually just watched it today.
1: <laughs> it's another film that's nominated for Best Picture, Best Director. I think, again, if this would have been released in November versus um, July we'd be talking as if Dunkirk was a favorite for Best Picture. I think it has almost no chance of winning Best Picture or Best Director, which is insane because... We say
0: it all the time. We we say it to each other. I know we've said it on this show. Christopher Nolan is just making movies on a different level than anyone else, really.
1: Yeah, because he's able to make big-budget blockbuster movies that make a lot of money, but make them in a way that no one else makes those kind of movies. They have a
0: dark artisticness to them
1: yeah i mean they're just the way that he you know shot dunkirk i don't think there's another director working that would do it the same way and he came up with this interesting way to present the story and an interesting way to shoot it and he's like you know there's tons of pictures of him out there you know in the water like with these like insane uh imax cameras and high def cameras and like you know they i think they crashed uh, oh yeah uh, a uh, camera that was like One of only like five In the world and destroyed uh, it or something
0: incre- right. And I mean obviously he has The benefit of Boatloads of money to work with for these movies but I Which mean, he earned by
1: making oh. Interesting movies like Memento Agreed. And uh, yeah. The Prestige And right. ins- Insomnia yeah. And everything else But I, I do mean,
0: understand uh, why Greta Gerwig might not have the capabilities Of doing this right now
1: Right but like there's a certain Presentation that I think should be a a, a, like a like a base minimum in, to be uh, into a best director in category. In a
0: shocking move, Nolan, getting the run time for this one down to an hour and 46 minutes. Just a <laughs> wonderful job by him.
1: Yeah, although it is funny, this is probably the one of his movies that should have probably been longer. I know. Because then you're like, I don't really feel like I'm that connected to any of the characters. That's true, because you only That's spend- the big drawback of this film is like the characters are very anonymous well
0: and i was saying this morning when i was talking about the movie obviously it's by design and intentional that you never actually see any german soldiers or anything it's all like this mystery of just like bullets and explosions happening you see german soldiers at the very end like with tom hardy but i kind of feel like you i wish you did see a little bit more of that because then at the time when the big like reveal everyone on the fucking civilian boats from England like shows up to rescue these guys. I don't know. I I didn't really quite have the feeling that like the Germans were right there about to break through. They you have characters just kind of say it, but you don't see any of it.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the one thing was there was like an emphasis on like the menacing sound. Right. And yeah, I mean, everything in this was kind of like a very clean defined lesson in each category of like sound sound editing oh yeah visual and visual editing and like all these different things uh there's some very intense moments you know feeling like characters are going to drown in various situations and all these different things it's
0: so intense and and you're so in it throughout and i mean it's just one of those things you're not really going to have a theatrical experience like this the rest of the year
1: yeah, and unfortunately, because like as I was saying about like tearing down the other movies or whatever, you kind of get forced to push back when people make these declarations about things like Lady Bird or Get Out or whatever, and you're just like, I don't. I think the the frustration comes in when it's like, well, people we're living in a current moment and we're letting these moments go by and we're not truly appreciating what's happening in a film like Dunkirk and some of the. Other ones that we may discuss uh, in part three, kind of just the, you know, head and shoulders above the rest as far as some of the, the direction and filmmaking going on. And you end up in these situations where it's like Hitchcock never won and scorsese didn't win until 20 years you know after the fact that he should have maybe more really and like 30 years later and it was just like why do we put ourselves in these positions of not recognizing the people it's because we're let we let like ideology and all this stuff get pushed to the forefront so we always have to make these statements and then in retrospect these statements mean nothing
0: i was like somehow christopher nolan's not gonna win best director
1: yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just like, I don't understand. That does
0: seem like it would be nuts, yeah.
1: Why we let this happen, and then we're always left wondering, you know, 20 years later when we look back at what actually won awards, and we're like, why did that win? That doesn't make any sense. And it's, you know, it's, it, it's not that far removed from Harvey Weinstein bullying things like Shakespeare in Love and... Uh, the King's Speech and the artist into Best Picture wins, and then people look back and are like, I don't understand what we were thinking.
0: Well, what what beat Christopher Nolan for Best Director the year Inception came out? Any the guy that, that
1: directed the King's Speech <sighs>
0: one That's Whatever, ridiculous. Whoever that
1: guy was, I can't remember his what, name.
0: So they were able to double down and get the King's Speech Best Picture and Best Director, a movie that no one cares about?
1: I think it probably won you know a handful of awards.
0: Yeah. Um, well, then we all found out Harvey Weinstein was doing some other type of bullying, <laughs> and they got him right out of there. Right,
1: and this isn't necessarily the same thing, but I think this is what happens with these like Oscar campaigns, and then you look back, and it's like oh. a lot of the best pictures of the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years, the ones that we would hold up as the best, didn't actually win best picture in their given year, and you're just like confused by it. And you look at what – some of the years you look at it, and you're like, all right, well, yeah, the Godfather won. That makes sense. But, like, other years you're like, I, 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 I'm at a loss as to right. why this would win in a year where this, this, and this came out or whatever. And it's just – I think we're we're always kind of in danger of doing
0: that. And I mean, staying on this Christopher Nolan thought for a second, it is just like you, you go back to that year that Inception came out, and if, if they don't want to give it best picture, fine, whatever, but – I don't understand how Christopher Nolan is not the best director of a movie that year. I mean, that I that movie is just on such a different level than anything else that certainly came out that year.
1: I I totally agree. It seems like people you know are kind of retroactively down on Inception. Not like I don't think people like shit on it, but it's kind of just like people sleep on it and act like it it was just another movie. But you know, whatever. So here we are in. 2018 and a couple of the best directors of the last like 10 15 20 years have yet to be recognized and people like Greta Gerwig and and Jordan Peele who are first-time directors basically have a much better chance of winning although I don't think either of them will win best director I think the director of the next film we're going to talk about, The Shape of Water, is going to win. And that's simply because he's won so many other Best Director Awards heading into this for this year. And that would be Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water, a movie that I liked a lot. I liked way more than I thought I would. It is just about a woman fucking a fish, though.
0: <laughs> well, that I mean, I does get that it's a fairy tale and a
1: fable. And, you know, it's not. You're not supposed. If you, like, really try to understand the film, you're not supposed to take it so literal. Like, it is about a lot of different things. It's about being alone, about being isolated, about all these different... things. sounds relatable. uh, There's a gay character. There's different kinds of um, class distinctions made in the film. There's all kinds of different things at play about, you know, society and and just finding... uh, (laughs) as he sneezes all over the place. You know, and so it isn't just that, but that it that is basically the story.
0: For me, uh, The
1: nudity in it is just off the charts though. I mean, Well, whoa. that's great.
0: Yeah. Um Good lord. I always And she's mute. <laughs> unlike uh Christopher Nolan, a big knock for me always with Guillermo del Toro is sort of the look of his movies. A lot of them have this kind of like more digital look, a lot more CGI. I mean, this didn't, I didn't
1: feel like there was a lot. This in didn't look too bad from the
0: trailers. Uh, so I, I think they touched
1: up the guy in the fish suit, but yeah. I think it was a guy in a suit. I think. Okay. If it was yeah. all digital, I would be. I, I would be kind of blown away by. Okay. it. But
0: well, I, I do still want to see it. Um, and you know, as we transition into our, uh, top five of the year or whatever, I will say I I have not seen the post. I do really want to see it. Yeah, I feel I feel so, like in part 3 we can kind
1: of run down some ones we haven't seen yet. And okay. there's also a chance um we're going to, you know, a little peek behind the curtain. There's going to be a little gap I think until we record it, so we might right. see some of them.
0: True. Yeah, I I still usually try to make a last ditch effort to see everything I can right before the Oscars. So, we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll check back in and have, I think they have seen... just
1: re-released like get out and Dunkirk
0: right which I know I think like Lowe's usually does like a run of like everything right yeah before. well that was
1: I think the only theater around here that got get out and Dunkirk back yeah but yeah uh so yeah I mean I, I I liked the shape of water a lot I don't I think it's gonna be one of those years not to get into our predictions too much I do think it will be one of those years where the best director and best film will be different. Which has happened a lot it's more always fun. Uh, recently. Sp- you know,
0: spread the peanut butter a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, we mentioned the King's Speech as being not one of those years, which I'm pretty sure was the case. But a lot of times in the last decade or so, they have been splitting them. And I do think, like last year, for example... It makes sense. Yeah. That Damien Chazelle, or however you say his name, he won for La La Land, but oh, then yeah. Moonlight won Best Picture. Right. I think this year... You know, if Del Toro wins for Shape of Water, I don't think that Shape of Water will win Best Picture. But who knows? Yeah. It, everything's still up in the air right now as far as, like, who's going to actually win. So that'll be interesting. Hopefully, by the time we do our part four, we'll uh, have a better sense of what's happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, we'll we have a lot of in on it.
1: We have a lot of big movies left to talk about for part three. At least seven more. Plus, we'll kind of run <laughs> down everything else that we could possibly think of. Yeah lot of excitement
0: absolutely uh people like hearing this i'm sure yeah they you know i I think maybe not everyone sees as many movies as us so they kind of like check in and are like well what should i get out of Redbox that came out in
1: 2017 (laughs) well i mean for us it's like almost anything i mean yeah honestly and i kind of wanted to touch on this maybe it'd be better to save it for part three but i I feel like talking about it right now. It, it was a, a great year for Netflix and for streaming in general. Not just for the Netflix originals, but Netflix and Hulu both got a lot of the smaller indie-type movies that, you know, honestly didn't even get released in theaters right. in where we live. And so a lot of the country probably didn't have access to them in theaters. And I haven't had time Did you to, want to
0: talk about The Babysitter?
1: Yeah, I haven't had time to run down run through all of the indies on there yet i did watch a lot of netflix originals one of which we will be talking about in part three. Oh, but two that i enjoyed a lot one which made a lot of people's best of the year list which was mudbound i liked it i thought it was a well-made film it's it kind of felt like unrelentingly bleak and was just oh, sounds a lot of my alley it was a lot to take. Yeah. I mean, it was just another film about how horrible racism is, which of course it is. And I don't mind the fact that there are a lot really of... Really going a lot out of, on a
0: limb with that statement. <laughs>
1: a lot of films that remind us of this all the time. Um, it just, as something to sit down and watch, it's not the most enjoyable thing ever. And I can't really imagine a scenario of rewatching it. Uh and then on the other so end of the spectrum it. is The Babysitter oh. which honestly made my top 25 of the year and
0: a pretty insane movie.
1: It's just a pure fun like almost 80s style throwback of just like a ridiculous horror movie. <laughs>
0: yeah. Ridiculous plot, you would say.
1: Oh yeah. I just yeah, it just was ridiculous a lot of fun.
0: Ridiculous looking babysitter he would say oh my god <laughs> I
1: can't even imagine if that Sam Weaving or whatever her name is Samara Weaving was my babysitter oh yeah
0: <laughs> oh my god right you'd still be trying to reach back out to her <laughs> hey remember that time when <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: Facebook would be getting real weird yeah but yeah I mean that one I, I would recommend everybody check out it's just like a, 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 a what I don't even know if it's an hour and a half it's probably like an hour and 25 minutes or something it's <laughs> yeah. just uh a little blast of fun directed by mick g oh um, yeah yeah of, but i uh, i think it as we go along charlie's angels fame as i mentioned i think mudbound did get nominated for a couple of oscars um i think maybe supporting actress and something else or something but as we move forward the girl from the
0: babysitter not nominated <laughs> no. for best supporting actress
1: netflix originals and probably Eventually, even like Hulu and Amazon and everything else, originals are going to start getting more and more nominations. They've already kind of leaked onto people's best of the year lists, and and like I said, Mudbound got a couple of nominations. I think that's where we're headed, and there's nothing we can do about it. I no, love I'm going happy to the theater it, yeah. right now. I think a th- a, in order to qualify, they still need to have a certain amount yeah. of theatrical. Well, run. I think
0: uh, maybe we're heading more towards. Amazon's neon demon type thing where it's a it it gets a theatrical release, has a little bit of a run and then I mean maybe Netflix will start doing that. I mean, it seems ridiculous that they're going to have like 100 million dollar movies. Yeah, it
1: does seem crazy that Martin Scorsese's next film, The Irishman, which they're already filming, is never going to play in any theater. I'm sure in order to qualify for awards next year, it will play somewhere in some theater. But yeah, I mean i don't know i think eventually uh film festivals and the oscars and everything else are going to start changing their rules around yeah. a lot of people will also put on twin peaks the return as one of their best films of the year yeah that's a stretch i don't want to go down that road right i think if something is i'm in happy to see it show up parts anywhere <laughs> anywhere <else>. <laughs> <laughs> over the course of that's not a movie weeks, it's not a movie it's a tv show right i'm sorry Yep. i mean i get that they played a lot of it theatrically over different times I mean. all right so that'll do it for part two and uh i guess we'll we'll get to part three later in the month yeah i guess well, uh well yeah. or next month i don't know when we'll drop in part two but part three will be later down the road in february leading into the oscars and uh all right so stay tuned to that